0: And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. This is Around Livingston. It's a time when I, McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, get to sit down with this gentleman and we talk about what's going on in Livingston Parish News as well as lifestyle. I'm going to give him a quick second to introduce himself. Good morning, sir. Good morning.
1: This is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News.
0: And we got plenty to talk about
1: today. I hope you are all warm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> that bottom came up. The like, bottom really dropped out, didn't it? Uh, David and I had a long discussion before we got started about how, uh, we must be getting old (laughs) because as the weather change, well, I can't really say that I've been that way my whole life. The minute the weather changes, my body's like, well, Hey, let's get sick. So, um, hope you and yours out there are staying warm. Hope you don't get sick. Let's get into it for today. Uh, first and foremost, we are going to start with zoning. Been a long time coming, long discussion, lots of things going on. Well, we do have our first zoning maps for District 7, which is uh, Parish Councilman Tracy Gerlinghouse. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that was at the last uh, Parish Council meeting last Thursday. It was, it's kind of fitting, I guess, that Mr. Gerlinghouse, who he represents District 7, which encompasses the Walker area, he's been the most vocal advocate for zoning over the last, you know, however many years, several years since he basically got into office and it was kind of fitting that he would have the the first zoning map approved. We've had a few other ones that have been introduced the last you know the last month or so, but they then something would happen where the councilman would hear from some of their residents and they would decide to just kind of hold off on the vote but that was the first one that was approved uh as of right now all all nine all nine districts have their zoning maps on their website. So they should be coming up, you know, at some point uh, to vote on those zoning maps. And uh, as a reminder, last year, the council passed, uh, I believe, 18 zoning categories, it is. um, That was last year. But until they actually map their districts and have them voted on, those rules are kind of unenforceable at the moment, but except for now, District 7. So we will... uh, We'll see when the other ones get their maps voted on. I know the the push was to try to get it before the end of this year, 2022, uh, but, you know, might go to the first quarter, 2023. And it's something that, you know, they've all kind of uh, be- become less resistant to, I guess, is the best way to put it. That's something, you know, and even Mr. Grownhouse mentioned when I talked to him, he never would have thought, you know, five or six years ago that zoning would be like the third or fourth biggest topic on the agenda, but it just shows with the overdevelopment that res- residents have been complaining about that uh, zoning seems to be what they believe to be the way to fix that. So, so we'll see whenever the uh, other councilmen have their, have their maps uh, up there, but yeah, one down, eight to go. Yeah, so it's going
0: to be interesting uh, to see when those other dominoes fall. Before we get into some election news, let's talk about the Albany School District, which now has, you know, and we have talked about it, uh, we did a podcast with uh, school board member Devin Gregoire from the area, uh, who got a tax passed, unfortunately, um, uh, cost of goods and cost of labor uh, kind of priced them out of building an entirely new school, so they took a different route uh by adding on to what currently existed they had a rough situation with their cafeteria so tell us about that
1: yeah this is apparently something that's been uh, uh that generations have had to deal with uh first of all this campus is over 100 years old i remember a while back when i talked to mr Gregois about it uh you know they they're not certain how old it is uh, he said that he saw some remodeling plans from like 19 1910s something like 19 teens I can't remember when uh, but more than 100 years old and if they're you know remodeling plans that means it was there before that so I mean uh, this is a very old campus and this cafeteria has also been uh, been something that's been needing to be upgraded for many years uh, cafeteria manager I spoke with her at the brick uh, breaking ceremony for the new cafeteria and she said it's been the same since her, I believe her grandmother retired in the 1980s. So, I mean, uh, you know, even though Albany, that school district has grown, uh, the infrastructure at that, particular at that campus is not. And uh, that's something that, you, like you said, the situation uh, every day, they have to, they they're feeding the kids three, three-ish hours a day, which, I mean, that's almost half the school day when you think about it, that they're having to feed kids. And. So this new cafeteria, like you said, it was. it's going to be funded through the half-cent sales tax that they passed. And you were right. They were hoping to be able to build a new school with the half-cent sales tax and a property tax. But with the cost of construction just skyrocketing, uh, they decided to kind of scrape those plans, just uh, use the half-cent sales tax to build new buildings uh, on some of their campuses. And this is the first one. Uh, Mr. Gregoire said, you know, the most immediate need, uh, I remember Mr. Joe Murphy spoke at the ceremony. He said he can't think of another cafeteria that's in more need of upgrades than this one at the Albany Upper and Albany Lower Elementary Campus. So they're going to be tearing down the 100 Hall building, placing with a new cafeteria that can also be used as a a mini auditorium. Uh, They'll have the food station in the middle and then serving lines on each side. Uh, they the demolition should, even though the brick breaking was the start of demolition, it'll really get going. Uh, Mr. Gregor said around Thanksgiving or Christmas break because you can't really have kids out there when you're tearing down, when you're having construction crews coming and demolishing a brick building. So, uh, I think he said around the Thanksgiving or Christmas break with construction on the new building, hopefully to start by the spring. And then, uh, that's just the first of many they have, or uh, first of a few, they have a new build, uh, new gym, middle school gym that they're going to be breaking ground on I believe later this year he said and then the third big project will be a track and field facility for that will be able to be used by all uh, schools on the east side of the parish which you know right now those students have to go to either Denham Walker or Hammond so uh, so a lot of change is coming in in the Albany district at uh, this time.
0: Yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they, uh, what they do with all those tax dollars. We're getting into election season. Uh, but before we talk about a specific election, uh, which you covered, and it'll be on the front page of this Thursday's paper, uh, let's talk about the Registrar of Ver- Voters. Ooh. Ooh, Register Voters.
1: Registrar uh, is it. the most confusing word in the world. Right. <laughs>
0: Uh, The registrar of
1: voters. There you go.
0: (laughs) Took me a minute I hate that word. (laughs) Yeah, and especially when you throw another ER word after it, you know. Uh, So that would be Mr. Jared Andrews. He Mm -hmm. has new office space. Uh, He bunked up with assessor Jeff Taylor in their new building. So tell us a little bit about that because early voting is coming up.
1: Yes, early voting is October 25th through November 1st, excluding that Sunday, which I believe is October 30th. Uh, but yeah, that's next week. Less than, we are less than a week away from early voting for the November 8th election. And uh, this has been something that's been in the works for a couple of years now. Uh, Miss Andrews said they, they had that other building off of Magnolia Street, uh, kind of close to 190. It's just this little... This little brick building uh, that's very old, uh, I, th- I believe it used to be an old drugstore, and when I spoke with Miss Andrews, he said that there's still some like greeting cards from the old drugstore uh, from back in the day. So, I mean, this is a building that uh, they just, the parish owned it, so, you know, it was easy for them to, to be able to work in there, but, you know, now it's, now they have moved, like you said, with the assessor's office, which is uh, on Government Boulevard. You have Assessor there, now the registrar of voters, you have the courthouse, the parish council, uh, LOSEP, sheriff's office, clerk of court, and all this really brings all the parish government entities at one spot. Which, uh, that was something that Mr. Andrews kind of like was was very happy about just now that they're included with the rest of the governmental entities in the parish. So it is now open, uh, 2400 Government Boulevard. It's, it's all if you're if you're uh if you're looking at it from 190 it is the front left corner uh that faces 190 and uh that like it'll be open for early voting they're ready to go uh that's one of two early voting locations in the parish you got that in the Dim Springs Walker Library on uh Highway 190 so but yeah that that, that was kind of the uh the big news they were just happy to be able to move to the rest of the parish government
0: and it should be uh, helpful for you on election night because it means those uh, early voting results can be delivered a little quicker. Uh, I know that uh, sometimes the transport of those has been uh, either perilous or they were having some trouble with machines. So we're going to see uh, if that that gets the results out quicker. Because for those of you who don't know, uh, any early voting uh, has to be reported to the clerk of court the night of uh, so they can report it to the secretary of state and then all the rest of the precincts also have to report to the clerk of court. So now that everybody's kind of in the same place centrally located, I know they weren't that far apart, uh, but it is it is good for them to be near each other. So talking about election season, got a big race in the city of Denver Springs. Six candidates running for five seats on the city council. Uh, you had a chance to sort of gather some information on on these folks. Ah, uh, tell us about the about who the six candidates are and kind of what they thought were the main topics of discussion going forward for denim.
1: Yeah, I saw. I, I felt like this was a good way to go about it. I kind of let the uh, candidates in their own words kind of pitch themselves. So I, I thought that was uh, you know instead of filtering through me you know, with them kind of talk about where they come from, why they decided to run, and then some of the issues they want to tackle if elected. So you like we said we have six uh we have since ca- six candidates for five seats. Four of them are current council members, Amber Dugas, Robert Poole, Lori Lamb Williams, and Jeff Wesley. And then two are looking to get in there, Mr. Jim Gilbert and Mr. Ray Riley. And uh I think you put it on the jump in the in the paper they all pretty much had the same two issues on their traffic and drainage. That's kind of what the city has been looking to fix the last, you know, a few years, uh, as it's grown, you know, especially even though I believe the the most recent census, uh, the city actually kind of dipped a little bit in population, but the areas right outside the city limits have been growing. So, uh, but and all of that affects what's inside the city limits. So, Uh, So I know that that's kind of the big push them trying to trying to address those issues. And they've all kind of uh, made pledges to address those issues. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, and you have, uh, you have some people, like you said, you have four incumbents, Uh, some of them have and Mr. Gilbert and Mr. Riley have also served on other governmental entities in the past. Mr. Ray Riley, I know, is a part of the city's planning and zoning commission. Mr. Gilbert served on the board for Livison Parish Fire Protection District 5, which also, you know, encompasses uh, Denham Springs. So, so you have five, I mean, six people who, who want to, who want their voices to be heard, to represent the people. So, uh, so yeah, like you said, it's on the front page of this week's paper. So. And it's online on our website, so you can uh, kind of see in their own words what each candidate had to say.
0: Oh, yeah. And so it's uh, plenty for each one of them to say, again, uh, six running for five seats. Denim only has
1: that. Yes. So you're voting for your top five candidates, not one person, not two people. You're voting for the five that you want to want to see on the council. So,
0: going to be interesting to see how that race turns out. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate the update here on this Wednesday, October nineteenth. If you'll introduce yourself as we head on out,
1: hey, That's David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News,
0: and my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you all out there for joining us for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. This is around Livingston, where I sit down with David and we talk about what's going on around Livingston. Haha. So, and we'll be coming up next with Rob and from the Cheap Seats where we talk about sports. But please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week imprint on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. One last time, we appreciate you joining us and we'll see you next time.